Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Can y'all hear me all right? Yes. Okay, perfect. I was thinking this morning, like, man, I would like one of those little ear things. <laughs> Get up and walk around. I kind of like to talk with my hands, so. Uh, I found this little contraption here. It's going to work. I want to just kind of open with some prayer. If y'all hear my phone buzzing, my daughter's playing soccer right now. I'm on a group chat with the soccer dads, so they might be updating me, all right? <laughs> but I got some notes and stuff in there, so I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, uh, that we've all come here today and gathered, Lord, because uh, to some extent, um, you have revealed yourself to us, Lord. You have called us and spoken to us, Lord. And you're doing a work in our life, God, and I thank you for that. I thank you for all the seeds that are that have been planted in the hearts of the people here, Lord. It's like I told Pastor earlier, Lord, I just want to be weed and feed today, Lord, that this word would kill out any weeds of doubt, Lord, or distraction, Lord, but that it would feed um, the tree of life in us, Lord, that it would feed the spirit in us, Lord, that we would produce fruit. God, we just thank you for the testimony of Brother Cody, Lord, that uh, he's getting ready to commit fully to your ministry, Lord, and that's exactly what we're talking about today. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for your sovereignty, and for the work that you're doing, Lord. Just speak to me, Lord, as I stand up here and, and edify your church, Lord, and uh, hopefully today's encouraging, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we love you and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's, Cody, that's awesome. It's, it's, we will be praying for you. Um, the one thing that's really been on my heart lately is that our children, our, our young ones, they're hungry, they're thirsty, um, and they're looking for any cup to drink of that they can find. Amen. And we have to be out serving cups of the living water. Yes. You know? And we have to be filled with that in order to go and serve it, you know. And God is calling us each to um, maybe maybe it's not quit our jobs or maybe it's not be a part of a, a, a ministry in that sense, but maybe it's opening our doors, um, carving out some time in our daily lives and schedules to commit to reaching out and uh, being helpful and being serving and uh, that's, that's great to hear. Cody and I appreciate you sharing that with us. Amen. It's very encouraging. Um, today we're going to talk about difficult conversations. And like Cody said, uh, praise God that it wasn't such a difficult conversation that he had to have with his wife because the Lord had that for him. And, that, and that's the type of thing that uh, we experience with God is that he intervenes and he... Um, will have difficult conversations with our with us and 
Praise God for that because if you have um, people who love you in your life, you've experienced that part of their love for you is them bringing difficult conversations to us, having difficult conversations with us. And in the time, it doesn't feel good, but after the fact, you realize that that was love. That was love that, that brought them to say, I, I don't care what it takes, if they get mad at me, um, if they keep kick me out of their life, um, I gotta have this conversation with you, you know? And um, that's what today's topic is about. There's a couple of points that we'll, we'll have for our note takers there. Um, so don't worry on that. So the one thing I, I, I like to do, um, Personally, is is um, I really believe the, the word of God. I really believe that uh, when I read in the scripture, when God says something, that that's something we can bank on. We can count on it. And in James five sixteen, uh, if you want to go over to that slide, I'll see it on the back wall today. This is good. So here it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You know, so that, that means for me, I, I believe that word. So I feel in my heart a place to confess, you know, confess to my brothers and my sisters, confess to the church, confess to you guys the things that I've been dealing with. You know, I had a very intimate time of prayer this morning and the Lord was having a difficult conversation with me. These are some things that I need you to address. Uh, some parts of you that I want to heal and your... Um, well, you won't experience that healing unless you have this hard conversation. And, you know, so for me, in the past weeks and, and maybe even months, I've been dealing a lot with anger and fits of rage and just things that I thought were dead a long time ago in me. Um, and I didn't know exactly why that was happening. But as you read through the scripture, this isn't actually uh, on the slide, but... I was wondering like, okay, God, um, if only it was evident what's going on. And he says, but it is. If you turn to Galatians 5 in uh, verse 19, he says, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, things like this. It's evident. There's a list of things that when our spirits are disturbed, we can go and say, okay, let me look in the mirror and have a difficult conversation with myself. Am I practicing any of these things? Am I practicing the works of the flesh? Because something's hindered within me. Something is hindered in my life, something keeps coming up that I need to die to, uh, that I need to be remembered, that I need to be reminded of, of what um, this scripture in James talks about, confessing that we would be healed. Let me remember what that process is like, because it's an everyday process, right? It's an everyday process. So, uh, if we can get to our next slide here, basically, let me open up this. 
I wasn't nervous. So yesterday, today, then I get up here and the lights, I'm like, hold on. So I can't see behind me, so y'all gonna have to let me know we're on the same page. Confession of sins. Yeah. So the first point is confession to the Lord. This conversation happens alone. This is like I said in my intimate time with the Lord this morning, just as my spirit was heavy, as my mind was cloudy, um, as anger arises and doesn't want to go away, and as I don't want to join in praise and worship, and I don't want to, you know, be a part of classes or come and be a part of ministry, and as my heart is just changing and, and, and hardening, um, I confess to the Lord, and I cry out, God, what? Something's going on. There's been a disconnect between you and I. Just um, show it to me, reveal it to me, so that way I'll know what to take to my brother, what to take to my sister, what to take to the body of Christ, because I want to be healed from that. Yes, yes. I want to be back in line with you. So that first part happens alone with the Lord as He convicts us and as His Spirit uh, visits us to, to one, um, convict us, and then two, to comfort us. And in that confidence, we go and we confess to others. And that's a humbling conversation that we have with others. It's very important that we experience that humbling conversation because that's what will allow the Spirit of God to come and be a part of our life. That's what allows the Lord to draw near to us is the humility. He says that we as His people would humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways, He will come and heal our land. He, he despises the proud. He can't be around it. That was the pride, was the sin of Lucifer when he was kicked out of heaven and condemned to eternal hell and damnation. So you can see why it's so important to have this confession sessions with our brothers and sisters because it'll humble us. It'll put us in our place. It'll show us the greatness of God and, and it'll actually allow us to experience his kindness because at the end of the day he just wants to be kind to us he just wants to extend his grace and his mercy to us but we won't take it because we're so full of pride so that was the first hard conversation it's confession church you know I think we all go through it and that's the beautiful thing about God's grace is that no matter what you're going through, you could be on your high, you could be at your low, God is there. He's the same. He will not change. He has some steps for us to for us to change. To get right back up and, you know, to get back into onto the road and onto the walk. If we can go ahead and go to the next scripture, it's in March 8, 27. Says Jesus and his disciples went to the villages around Caesarea and Philippi. Okay, on the way he asked them, "Who do people say I am?" He's getting—he's setting them up for another hard conversation. It's a question. Remember, I told you when someone loves you and they come to you with these questions and they come with you because they—they—they want to search your heart. Jesus is here searching their heart. Who do people say I am? And they replied, "Some say John the Baptist." Others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. And Jesus said, but what about you? Who do you say 
I am. And Peter answers, you are the Messiah. In, in this scripture, there's two more hard conversations I want to dive into. And the Lord kind of gave me this after I sent Pastor these notes. So they're not going to be in this slide. But what he says here, John, uh, some say John the Baptist. So some people said that Jesus was John the Baptist. Right? If you go to John 1. Verse 19, this is John. He denies being the Messiah. He said, now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. That was a hard conversation. The, the, the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders are coming to you and say, man, we want to know who you are. You're causing a disruption in everything that we're teaching. We need to know who you are. And in verse 20 says, he did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He said, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John, reply, John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness Make straight the way for the Lord. These are hard conversations because he's, he's quoting holy scripture that these, holy, these religious leaders would have known. And y'all saw, y'all know what they did to Jesus because he did the same thing, right? Like He knows that death, imprisonment, there's, there's repercussions for him claiming the things he's claiming. It's a hard conversation for him to have. It's difficult. If you go down some... Uh, it's the same, same book, John 1, uh, verse 35. Now John's talking to his own disciples, the ones who were following him. He says, the next day John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus pass, passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them and had a difficult, uh, difficult question for him. What do you want? Jesus turns to John's disciple, what do you want? Literally, read, I'm just reading the Bible. They say, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, you'll see. So they went and they saw where he was staying and spent the day with him. It was about the four in the afternoon. I have a trivia question for y'all. Do y'all know where he was staying? He wasn't staying in the mansion, I'll tell you that much. He's probably staying like, if y'all seen The Chosen, probably out by the bank of a river somewhere, you know, somewhere that wasn't comfortable, wasn't the comforts of a city, there wasn't the amenities of a city, there was no Wi-Fi, you know. <laughs> so they went and saw, this was John's, John's disciples, they went and saw how he was living. Uh, and then they decided to follow him even in that truth, right? Then right after this is something important. He says, uh, the first thing, see, no, here I am, back in 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, who was one of the two who heard what John had said, 
and who had followed Jesus, the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon. All right, this is all going to tie in together, okay? Andrew went, he found his brother. He heard some good news. He heard the Messiah was here. He went and he got his brother. His brother Simon, we know him as Peter. He tells him, we found the Messiah, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Again, they read the scriptures. They know the scriptures. They're Jewish. Uh, um, they're Jewish background or, or, or the word I'm looking for is, is escaping right now. But the fact that they grew up in, in, the, in the Jewish, uh, you know, church, right? Let's say, let's say that word for lack of better words right now. Um, they know the scriptures. They know that they've been waiting on the Messiah. So if I came up to you and said, hey, Christ is here, you ain't taking that lightly. They're not taking that lightly. So what Peter does is, just like the rest of the disciples, like he gives up his home, gives up his wife and his, and, his, and his job, and he gives up his whole entire life, and he goes and he follows him. And, and, and the, uh, the Lord put this on my heart. Jesus was 100% human in our in, in, like us, and he was 100% God, so he understood the emotion, maybe even like what it, what it felt inside the anxiety that he might have felt to say, I'm going to give it all up and follow you, Jesus. I'm giving up the family, the dream. I'm giving up the home. I'm giving it all up. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be your disciple. And at that time, Peter was like, I'm going to follow you to death. I'm going to follow you no matter what it takes. He had that type of energy. Now, the, that the very last line there says, um, but what about you? And what do you, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah. So this was already after he was following Jesus. And um, he says, Jesus, you're the question is as to who you are. And I'm telling you that, you know, my answer is that you're the Messiah. I believe his belief was accompanied by action, it was accompanied by sacrifice, it was accompanied by um, just commit, uh, just commitment and complete surrender. It was accompanied by action. next part of that scripture Jesus begins to teach them it's in Mark 8.31 be the next slide he then began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Hard conversation. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. He said, You do not have to you you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. 
But, but again, like I said, Jesus was fully man and fully God. He understood what Peter was feeling. God, Jesus, I gave up my family. I gave up my dreams. I gave up my job, my, my, everything we've been working for to follow you. And you're telling me you gotta, you're going to die? You're going to give up? He didn't understand. It's a hard conversation because he was acting on his own understanding. And Jesus, in his grace, rebuked him. He didn't kick him out of the team. He didn't kick him out of the squad. He just rebuked him. It's kind of reassuring. It's reassuring because he says, you're just concerned about the things that you can see and that you can understand, but this is, this is heavenly. You'll understand as time goes by. You'll understand as it unfolds. So right after he rebukes Peter, Jesus calls the crowd to him with his, with his disciples, and he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Cross was an instrument of death. They knew that. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? We can hit that next slide. Maybe one more after the next. This is second player. Confessing Jesus as Lord. This verse happens alone in your heart. Just like the song that they were singing this morning, I'm waking up. I'm waking up to your soul. I'm waking up to your spirit, Lord. In our, in our own life, as we face the trials of our life, and we face the truth and the hard conversations with ourselves, with the man and woman in the mirror, and we realize that um, Jesus had to come. He had to die. He had to defeat death and pay, pay a cost for our sins. Uh, and we wake up. In, in the morning, and we wake up from our sleep and we confess our need for salvation. We confess our need for a reconnection with God and we confess our need to be uh, reborn, renewed. And God does this and he meets us and he, and he changes us and he gives us, he replaces the, the parts of us that were evil and that were broken and he fixes them and he gives us other believers and brothers and sisters and he does all this work within us and he gives us joy and he gives us hope and we experience God. And then the second part of this confessing Jesus as Lord is just like John did 
in the face of maybe imprisonment, maybe death, just as um, Jesus instructed that if anybody was going to follow him, they'd have to deny themselves and pick up the cross. And he, go, he goes on to say to take his word and to, um, to spread it, right, to spread the gospel. So part B here says spread the good, the good news. This is done in community. So in both of these points, there's a part where it's done with just us, where we face the hard conversation of the, you know, versus the man and woman in the mirror. And then there's taking that conversation and, and doing it with community and doing it with our church and our body uh, of believers that the Lord has blessed us, blessed us with. One of my mentors and, and very, um, you know, appreciated man in my life. His name is Pastor uh, Rick Banda. He would give this illustration that we're a body of Christ. And sometimes, you know, if I'm an eyeball in that body and I wanted to do this on my own, could you imagine an eyeball just rolling around on the floor right here? It would do no good. It would sit back and see the body doing because the, the body doesn't need the eyeball, right? Yeah. Like even even in the scripture, he says, "If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, that you might enter the kingdom of heaven with one eye rather than eternal damnation with both eyes." Yeah. We don't. Our body doesn't quite need the eye, but the eye is pretty well worthless without the body. So sometimes another part of my confession is that I feel. Like I'm the eye and I'd rather be just, no, I'll just be over here rolling around. And I sit back and I watch the church and the body of Christ moving and ministries going and things happening. And I'm just rolling around and it's, it's like, no, don't, don't do that. Come back and be a part of the body of Christ and be a part of it, be a helpful part of it. <clears throat> Brother Cody, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep referring back to you just because oh, y'all story, Y'all's testimony this morning was, it blessed me, you know, Pastor Furman as well, because I know what it's like to experience God, experience his goodness and experience a change. I know Pastor Furman from before this, before Christ. I won't embarrass me or him, but there's a music video out there floating around with he and I in there. And it ain't, it ain't, it ain't glorifying our Lord. But God is glorified through that because he took two sinners and he made them into, you know, saints. Yes, Lord. So for Cody and Pastor Furman to come up here and share their heart, uh, share that they experienced the Lord's goodness. And that they would stay, they would pray until three in the morning or pray during service. They would intercede because they knew the power in that. They knew the goodness of God. They wanted their fellow brothers and sisters and human beings to experience the same thing. When you experience God, it's, it's, it's like the leopard. There's a story of the leopard uh, or any, actually anybody he healed, he would say, don't, don't tell nobody, don't tell nobody. They'd all go and tell everybody. We won, one to zero. Shout out, Nayeli Sakatina. <laughs> we want to share good news, don't we? Amen. That was like perfect timing. We want to share good news. And so the challenge for today, 
confess your sin that you might experience God's faithful, faithfulness. God's faithfulness. He is faithful to forgive. He is faithful to heal. He is faithful to change. He is faithful. He won't lie. Share of that experience to the ends of the earth as long as you live. To your students at school, to your coworkers, to the families in your, in your town, to the men and women in the prisons. Share this news and share it with each other. Share it with each other. Share it with the brother and sister sitting next to you in the pew. God did this for me. God came through. Hard conversations are good conversations. Amen. Don't be afraid to have them with yourself, with your loved ones, and don't be afraid when they, hey, we need to talk. When you get home, <laughs> Cody, when you said that I got anxiety for you, I'm like, but how did he get all the way home from Neverland? I would have called back. Like, no, you're going to tell me right now. <laughs> I wait till I get home. I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> don't be afraid of hard conversations. They're, they're always for the better. You know, we'll get some from it. Lean on the Lord. Trust in the Lord. He came. He lived a life. He was the Messiah. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He's the one that we've been waiting for. He's the one that they were waiting for. That's good news. He came, he died, he did it. Again, we're now, they're heroes to us because we're reading the, the history book, more or less. They were living in it real time. They were in real time saying, well, yeah, I, I'm going, I'm going, I'm sorry. I, I gotta go, I believe this. I believe this, I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna do what it takes. And Peter wasn't perfect. He started rebuking Jesus, the Christ. He started, who are you, Peter? Chill out, bro. You talking to the Messiah crazy, man. But perfection is not what he's looking for. He's just looking for that sacrifice, that um, meeting him, right? He calls us. Yeah, I've already did the work. You just believe it. You have faith. You come and you join. You share it. So that's that's what uh, the Lord has given me to share with you. I pray that that. Um, it's edifying. I pray, you know, and, and my challenge here, even more than, than what I wrote on there, is that if you are searching your heart now, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you now, there we're going to have prayer teams. The altar is open. I, again, you know, this morning, my intimate time with the Lord was, I was drawn to my knees. I was drawn before Him in humility. Um, the, the challenge is now. Is there something you need to, excuse me, confess now to the Lord? Excuse me. Is there something you need to confess to a brother or sister? We're in the right place at the right time. It says today is the day of salvation. Do you need to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? He says today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may not come. Have you not yet professed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Which in which he says, when you do, there your name will then be written in the book of life. You 
will join with him at the right hand of the Father. You will become a co-heir of the kingdom of light. You will receive the Holy Spirit, which will bear fruits of joy and peace and gentleness and, and kindness and refreshment and comfort. You will be added to the family of believers where you have brothers and sisters and moms and dads and people who love and want to serve you, want to pray for you. Because if you haven't, I pray that you were. somebody is the altar open. Don't miss, don't miss the opportunity to experience Jesus today. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. I thank you that even when I drop the ball and when the ugliness inside uh, manifests outside, Lord, that it's not enough to Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.